Practical, tangible, applicable. Those were the goals as I wrote the Bible studies for What is Love, the featured resource this month at Time of Grace. How can we tangibly put 1 Corinthians 13 into practice? What does it mean to be patient? How can I be more kind? Have I been keeping score without realizing it? These Bible studies are meant to grab you by the hand and show you a better way. You can get your copy with your financial gift at Time of Grace. Just visit timeofgrace.org. Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L. V. Swenson. We are still in our April shower series with an episode today called, So How Do You Feel About Those People? Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. Jesus said this, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. All right, let's break this down a little bit. The Pharisees, like most of us, loved the people who loved them. And I'd say that's pretty par for the course. I mean, we like the people who help us, who talk nicely about us, who go out of their way to be friendly to us. But the Pharisees also had a saying, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. That wasn't from God. And that's why Jesus said what he said. First of all, the Pharisees had no idea who their neighbor was. Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan to let them know their neighbor is anyone, anyone, anywhere. We might think our neighbor is only the person who is geographically right next to us, but that's not God's view of being a neighbor. Our neighbor is anyone we run into at any place in our life. And so looking at that, if we're to love our neighbor... Well, there's not a whole lot of people that we can eliminate. Here's something I learned um, from the People's Bible Commentary. The Greek word that Jesus used for the word love means to show concern, specifically about somebody's spiritual condition. So now that puts a whole different spin on things, doesn't it? Because that neighbor who goes out of his way to make your life miserable, whether he's always putting his garbage cans on your property or if he's um, stacking garbage on your side of the property or he's telling you you're not doing something right. Well, what's his spiritual condition? And when you think about that, probably the little things that he's doing don't really matter a whole lot. Because when you think about eternity, either spending all of eternity in heaven or all of eternity in hell, does it really matter 
what he does with his garbage cans. And this is the thing. God doesn't put stumbling blocks in people's ways. He doesn't keep the unbelievers in the dark. And they don't experience drought. And he doesn't say, well, when you're ready for salvation and you jump through these eight hoops, then I'll think about letting you into heaven. And so you know what? If God doesn't do that, well, we should make sure that we're not the stumbling block. When was the last time that someone did something to you? That you found out a friend was talking behind your back, or someone made a rude comment, or someone mistreated you some way, or they were inconsiderate, or they just plain cut you off. Ask yourself this. What would Satan love to happen in this situation? Because I think Satan would love nothing more than to cause division. And he would love nothing more for you to be so annoyed that you don't do anything that might lead to that person having saving faith in Christ. Or to bring about peace in God's family or even in your physical family. Are you playing into Satan's traps? Because here's what happens when you love in spite of all the reasons that you have to hate or hold grudges. You can be sure you are not the stumbling block. Even if they don't turn in repentance, at least you weren't the cause. You allow God, in his infinite wisdom, to deal with the situation, whatever that is. And if you even go one step further and pray for those enemies, pray for those people who persecute you, pray that they would have a saving faith, pray that they would walk more closely with God. Well, there's a chance that they just might end up in heaven. God's going to sort everything out. The good, the bad, the ugly, he's going to figure it all out, right? That's not our job. So if people have wronged you, if they've hurt you, if they've talked behind your back, that's on them. They'll answer to God. That's not our job. Our job, in light of the fact that God has been so ridiculously merciful to us, and the word mercy means to withhold judgment or punishment that we deserve. And hasn't God been crazy merciful with us? Our job is to just love on people, to let them know about the gospel, to be Christians, to be little light bearers in this world, and to bring as many people to faith through the word of God as we possibly can. Here's what I think. I think when it comes to enemies, we have to be really, really careful. Because in this world, especially in this quote unquote cancel culture, what people want to do more than anything is if you've done anything that might cause them to think you are just evil or not good enough or whatever, they just want to block you out of their life. I think we should always have our doors open. Even if they do that, 
even if they hurt you like crazy, even if they make you feel not good enough, just consider that maybe for a time, God is allowing them to be out of your life for some important reason. Maybe they would cause you to go in a different direction, or maybe they would be a stumbling block to you, or maybe God has some things that he needs to teach them for a while. But I think it's important to leave the door open. I cannot tell you the number of people who have gone out of my life for a certain amount of time and years later, they're back in. They're friends. We have a relationship. In the meantime, what do you do? Well, let's look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah came to find out that the walls of Jerusalem were in shambles. They were just piles of rubble. And he wanted to go. He wanted to build those walls. So he talked to the king and the king said, yes, with my blessing. He sent supplies. He sent Nehemiah. And Nehemiah got to Jerusalem. He examined what was going on. He gathered the people. They started the project. And before too much time passed, opposition arose. Not from the Jews who were helping with the wall but from the Arabs and the Samaritans and the Ammonites who didn't want Jerusalem to become strong again. So first they ridiculed and then they plotted against them and they threatened. And eventually when none of those things worked, they started sending letters to Nehemiah and told him they wanted to meet him. And they didn't just send one letter or just two letters or just three letters. They kept sending letters. And finally, Nehemiah responded and said, I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave and go down to you? And though they threatened and they tried to intimidate, you know what Nehemiah did? He built that wall in 52 days. He kept his focus. He blocked out the opposition. He refused to engage in petty battles and did the important work he had to do. You will not complete your important work if you engage in all the battles. And that's exactly what Satan would have you do. He wants you to get riled up. He wants you to keep sending text messages and being angry and being mean and adding fuel to the fire and stoke it and make sure that everybody gets angry with each other and feelings are hurt. That's what he wants. But this is what we can do instead. We can keep our focus. So think about what it is that you should be doing. Now, you know, as much as I know, we all know that when conflict arises, it is so easy to get distracted and you don't want to do anything. You just focus on it and you just spiral downward and you lose your energy and you can't figure out what to do. Stop. Pray about it. Ask God to show you if there's something in your heart that is not right. And if not, keep going. 
If God shows you that you are in the wrong, that you were in the wrong, that you did something terrible that caused this, then by all means, go and apologize. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. Mend the relationship. But if not, keep going. Then don't hold grudges. Try as much as you can to be like God who says, you know, as far as the East is from the West, that's how far I've removed your sin. So let it roll off you. Don't hold grudges. Don't think about it. Just keep going. Hopefully sometime they'll come back and they'll want a friendship with you again. And then when you haven't held the grudge and you have before God forgiven the person, even when they did not apologize, then you will be ready to just pick right back up with that friendship. And then don't let the ridicule take away from what you are supposed to be doing. Your worth is not dependent upon what other people think about you. Your worth is solely based on what God thinks about you. And he says, you are chosen, holy, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. So you know what? Don't worry about what they're saying about you. Don't worry about all the little conversations behind your back. Because if you do, you're going to be sidetracked. And you're not going to do the important work that God has for you to do. Just keep going. Alistair Begg, he's one of my favorite preachers. I listen to him all the time, usually when I exercise in the morning and he had this to say, the Christian will be sure to make enemies. It will be one of his objects to make none. But if doing what is right and believing what is true should cause him to lose every earthly friend, he will regard it as a small loss since his great friend in heaven will be even more friendly and will reveal himself even more graciously than ever. I have definitely found this to be true. At those points in my life when people have absolutely forsaken me, when they have refused to walk with me, when they have turned their back on me, when they have made my life miserable, God is so real in the scriptures. It is almost like so often the scriptures are just exactly what I need to hear. And it is like God himself reaching out and saying, I see, I know, and I know what it's like. Look, Jesus said, if they hate you, just remember they hated me first. And I think sometimes, most times, you know, we expect the world to hate us, but we don't expect other Christians to hate us. And unfortunately, that's just not the way it's going to be. But what did Jesus do? Even as he was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So often, hurt people hurt people. People who are hurting people who are weak in their faith, people who just get carried away in their emotions. They don't even realize what they're doing. 
So don't allow their actions, their words, their intimidations to get under your skin. You have a friend who is closer than a brother and God sees it all. He knows it all and he will give you the strength, you know, almost without exception. I can think of three times specifically that I was really, really let down by the people around me. And without exception, after a period of time that was always a refining process, God brought me to a much, much better place. Don't worry if those people are treating you poorly. God sees, he knows. Keep your focus. Don't hold grudges. Be ready to forgive. And let that ridicule roll right off your back. Because the work that you have to do is way too important to roll over and quit doing it. This has been Little Things. Because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Hey guys, I just want to take a minute to thank every single one of you who has taken the time to pray for the important work we're doing or made a donation or took the time to encourage any one of us at Time of Grace. I want you to know we appreciate you and we're thrilled to partner with you to bring the hope of the gospel to the world. 